Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the Leaders in Male Grooming and their brand new 4th Generation Performance Package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Then join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code MANAGINGMADRID. Hey, Matt Wiltsey, who used their Manscaped groomer today against Mallorca? Against Mallorca, the man who used his Manscaped groomer was Marco Asensio. He uh, had some rumors come out in the in the, in the the midweek about potentially being un- unhappy. His camp had leaked some news, and Asensio said, you know what, I'm going to Manscaped, I'm going to be prepared for this game, and I'm going to score a hat trick against my hometown club. No better way to do it. You got to do it with Manscaped. It upped his confidence, and he was ready to go. So there you go, Marco Asensio. Well done. Listeners, get 20% off and free shipping with the code MANAGINGMADRID at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code MANAGINGMADRID at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped, and your balls will thank you. This episode is also brought to you by Hotel Ryu Plaza, New York Times Square in New York City, which is where you should be booking your stay when you come see us for the Managing Madrid podcast live in New York City at the Playwright Irish Pub on Saturday, December 4th. We are back to the Playwright Irish Pub after a few years, two years, I guess, two, three years. I don't know. I lost track of time, but we recorded a killer podcast in New York City as part of our preseason tour, and we'll be back. Myself, Gabe Lezra, Matt Wilsey, Om Arvin, I think we're going to drag out as well. That is in New York, one of our bigger markets. That's already half sold out. So if you don't have early bird tickets to New York City yet, I'd highly suggest booking your spot ASAP. Uh, By the way, if you hear any of these cities upcoming, Los Angeles in September, Toronto in October, Dallas in November, New York December, Miami in January, London, UK in February, Washington, D.C. in March, Chicago in April, and Mumbai in May. If you're close to any of those cities, click the links in the show notes and book your respective city. Uh, By the way, we just opened up a second podcast in Los Angeles, so we kickstart the world tour this Saturday at 33 Taps in Silver Lake, and we opened up a second one on Monday, which is a more intimate, smaller crowd, and you have to have already tickets, uh, tickets purchased to the Saturday one in order to get access to the Monday one. By the way, Hotel Ryu Plaza, New York Times Square, situated in Manhattan in the renowned Restaurant Row, surrounded by Broadway's most famous theaters. It's a few steps away from the iconic Times Square known throughout the world as the symbol of New York, characterized by its entertainment and illuminated advertising displays. So, sounds like a great weekend, right? Managing Madrid Podcasts, Hotel Ryu Plaza, New York Times Square, make it a whole vacay. That's RIU.com, Hotel Ryu Plaza, New York Times Square, book your stay there. Uh, tonight's podcast is a banger. It's Matt Wiltsey and I. We recap a game which was a ton of fun. And we try to make sense of it. Try not to overreact. And in fact, we try to, you know, just balance everything out. Balance all the excitement out. Bring out our own excitement for sure, but also balance it out with some, um, just some reality checks. Either way, it was a really fun podcast, fun game. And that's coming right up. Kick your feet back. Enjoy. Mallorca post game show. Let's go. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. Uh, wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema. 
Hello and welcome to a Wednesday night edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. We are here for a bonus show because we are recording this immediately after the final whistle, after Real Madrid absolutely demolished, uh, put Mallorca in a blender and absolutely destroyed them. And we are going to zip through it and break it down and analyze it and swoon over it because we had a lot of fun. This is probably the most... I mean, look, we've had a lot of entertaining games this this season. Um, really, even before this game, I would have said these handful of games, five league games, have been probably already exceeded the entertainment value of last season. So this is just the icing on the cake. But, Matt, despite that, we are also here to be voices of reason, to pump the brakes to put up some caution and warning and yield signs as people drive through this hysteria. So that's going to be our role tonight. Or not. I'm not sure. Maybe we will just exaggerate everything and overreact uh, also like the masses. So, uh, Matt, you enjoyed that one? I did. I did enjoy it. And I think, to your point, to put kind of the yield sign up, like this was a makeshift Mallorca team. They kind of It was a little bit of an experimental lineup for Luis Garcia Plaza and those who... Who listen to the loan track are aware of that. I mean, they, Matthew Hoppe, new signing, Kagan Lee, new signing. They were kind of thrown in their first starts. Uh, Gaia, the center back that completely screwed up uh, on the first goal, is it was his debut. Uh, and so they had a lot of makeshift parts in there. Baba, who is their best defensive midfielder by far, best midfielder, arguably their best player, like by far, didn't start. So they were missing a lot of guys. So we gotta we gotta acknowledge that. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know Ohm kind of gave us a little shit because we said (laughs) we enjoyed this game. He's like, oh, but the defending is like 2007 and our pressing is so bad. And yeah, but still, this was, I mean, what I really liked from this game, yes, our defense, our defending wasn't great. Some of the pressing moments were bad, but I don't think they were that bad. And I'm sure we'll get into it. But what I liked from this game was just how quickly we were playing the speed of thought the intensity like the the tempo of the match especially the first half you felt it like the team was locked in they were ready to go they were just everything just felt like it was quick fire quick fire quick fire and i i i really enjoyed that yeah i mean it's it's funny because tonight's podcast will be probably less than an hour because we both are kind of pressed for time tonight um and in a way that actually works out for a game like this, because I don't think we need to go too deep from a tactical perspective and analyze the hell out of it. You mentioned quickly um, some of Mallorca's absent absentees, and you know we've been we've been tracking these guys in the loan tracker. I think for the most part we've been impressed with them. The last couple games maybe not so much. Um, you you listed off some of their absentees, so Antonio Sanchez out, Antonio Rayo out, Inigo Ruiz out, Franco Russo out, Pablo Mafio. Uh, very important right back out. Alexander Sedlar out. Um, Ambula was there, but we weren't sure if he was going to start. And he came off the bench, and he was been he's been an important player for them. Um, on top of all of that, this felt like an exhibition game. It really felt like I was watching a preseason game where you you could do something like take notes every thirty seconds on something that's happening, and it's usually something positive from the attack. Dynamic, very fluid movement from Rodrigo. His role was very free-flowing. He was going everywhere offensively without the ball. Adamiga Gutierrez, after 
uh, a shaky start where he lets Kubo slip on a diagonal long ball over the top. Apart from that, Miguel was pretty positive going forward. Everything was good. Benzema, like if Benzema's tra- maybe his passing and transition could have been better, but who am I? Who the hell am I to sit here in my office and nitpick Karim Benzema after yet another goal, his bajillionth in the in the last ten games? So all of that was good, but I, but but honestly, if his passing transition was a little bit better, this may have been eight goals. I'm not sure. Um, Asensio, great, as I'm sure we'll discuss. So while I will say Mallorca were terrible. It started from the very, very first <laughs> first goal they conceded, the slip and Benzema pouncing. Um, their goalkeeper, Reyna, was horrible in this game. Just balls bouncing off of him. He just wasn't reading it. They nearly conceded more goals just through themselves, shooting themselves in the foot. Having said all of that, you beat what's in front of you. And Real Madrid just cooked them. And I, I thought everyone played well. I mean, there are some... Some wrinkles defensively that I think are we will be concerned about, but you know, as I've said before, the purpose is to outscore the opponent, and um, you know we'll see how where that where that gets us in May June, how far we'll be. But um, you know, it would be one thing if you're having these defensive mishaps and not compensating offensively for it, but we are, and that that's at least an encouraging sign for me. Yeah, and I think uh, like if you go back 10 minutes into this game and you told anybody watching the match that it would finish 6-1, I don't think anyone would be surprised just because like it felt like this could be an onslaught. You called it a, a potential exhibition match. Like it, it felt like Mallorca were daunted by playing in the Santiago Bernabeu. Like they just, they did not look ready for the occasion. Um, their the space between their lines was unbelievable. And I think, Asensio did a really good job of exploiting that space and also exploiting the space between uh, the left back and the center back, so the half space. Um, and he just kept making those late arriving runs in between there. And for some reason, the left back would would never come over and and fill that gap. Brian Olivan, he he's usually he's been pretty good this year, um, but his defensive positioning in this game was atrocious, uh, really really bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. For me, the the fun thing to start this game too was to see the lineup. A little bit of some rotations, some changes. Um, we saw Kamavinga get a start as a single pivot. We saw Sencio in midfield. Uh, Rodrigo get a well-deserved start at right wing, and then Miguel Gutierrez back in the side with Nacho playing at right back. So some interesting tweaks. Uh, I thought it was a fair amount of rotations. Like I think when you overdo it, that's when the team sometimes gets into trouble. But Ancelotti kept a good core out there. And then um, I tweeted this out. I don't know if you saw it, Kian, but the average age of this team was 25 years old versus the average age of the team from the first uh, game week, which was 30 years old. So I think that's... Youngest, youngest starting lineup telling. we put out since 2018. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, so youngest starting lineup we put out since 2018. So, yeah, that tells you right there. I mean... You need fresh legs in these as the fixtures start to build up, congestion comes. Like it's really important. I felt like you saw that today in the way that we tried to play. We tried to play a non-stop high pressing system. Kamavinga really wasn't in a pivot because the whole midfield was pressing. And at times, if you looked at it, it was like a flat three midfield with all three of them pressing at once. So it it wasn't really a, a pivot role, quote unquote. Yeah, and it's interesting because 
and and again, this goes back to everything being more fun this season. The press conferences being another one. Ancelotti hinted at a lot of this stuff in the pregame presser yesterday when he when he spoke about look. I don't know if Casemiro is going to start in the next couple games. Maybe he gets, maybe he comes off the bench in one or two of them. Maybe he gets rested. Maybe he starts. He didn't really say definitively, but he did say we do need to rotate. Casemiro can't start every game, and one because Casemiro is such a unique player in the team that we can't replicate. The way to play without him is a double pivot, which is interesting because certainly like a lot of the things that Ancelotti says is verbatim. Uh, what we say on the podcast have been saying the podcast for years but uh double pivot he hinted at that for today and we we got it as you explained it's it's not always a structured double pivot you know it's it, it will look differently at different points in the game but um so he hinted at that he also um spoke about Kamavinga's versatility and like how we can play all three positions in midfield and that certainly he probably won't be a single pivot anchor and I and I agree with that too. I, I I think the double pivot is is a more logical um, stance. I I will say like remember after the Inter game where he spoke about Kamavinga needs to improve defensively and we kind of questioned what that means because he didn't elaborate on that because he's a great ball winner um, and a great presser. But we we guess maybe it's a positional thing and I think you can kind of see see what he means by that in today um, whether. He's not really he's not really cover shadowing or you know he's not necessarily in line with the midfield and he's kind of aggressive right he's he's a little bit over aggressive sometimes but again this is the quick cost benefit analysis with him is highly positive and certain things I'm sure he can improve on I thought he was really good again today he bullies people off the ball highly encouraging um, I there's like 300 things going through my brain right now it's hard for me to channel it all. What what where would you like to start? Well, I, w- I kind of want to continue on this Kamavinga theme. Um, first off, I think I I think Ancelotti was definitely referencing his uh, tactical awareness and his positioning when he he said he, he struggles defensively because it can't be his one v one defending or his ability to win the ball because he's elite in, in that regard and we've seen that and I think it is just. To your point, sometimes he gets a little reckless. Sometimes he kind of goes on his own and decides, you know what, I'm going for it and takes the team completely out of shape. And um, that obviously can be improved. But I think for eight, like he's got such a mature head on his shoulders. He does not look like an 18-year-old out there. Every single game he's played, he hasn't looked like an 18-year-old. He's impressed me. I I watched him at Renz and I, I enjoyed watching him play but i didn't think he was as good as i've seen him like i didn't think it would translate this quickly with real madrid um and i've been really surprised by his performances by just the confidence he's exuded and just the way he composes himself and the way he puts his stamp on a match like shows his personality and that's like for me that's that's a big takeaway and he got a standing ovation today 18 years old first started at santiago Bernabeu. like he's on the right trajectory obviously as we always again kind of putting the yield signs the caution signs we got to be careful he's 18 years old like there there will be growing pains and there will be games where he struggles and where it's it's a mess but uh he started the season really on fire and it looks like we've we've got ourselves a really nice player I, I think I mentioned this on the last post game podcast, but I don't know. It's a blur. <laughs> so I'm going to say it again, just in case 
I feel with Kamavinga, you can just feel his presence on the pitch. There are players that when they're on the field, sometimes you just have to double check to see where they are on the field. What are they doing? Uh, maybe even check the stats. Did they have even like over 15 touches in this game? Kamavinga, you just know he's on the field. You can feel his presence. He's not shy at all. He's showing for the ball constantly. When he gets the ball under pressure, he knows what touches to take to get out of that pressure. Maybe he had like one or two that were a little bit heavy tonight. Um, but for the most part, he's very reliable under pressure. And he moves between the lines well. He can take players on. You just feel his presence on the pitch. And that's something you absolutely need when you when you need to go to war in the Champions League in these big games. You want somebody like that who's not shy, who's going to take the uh, game from the scruff of the neck a little bit. Um one of the things, my train of thought, I think where it was going initially when I was speaking about Ancelotti's pregame press conference, I think somehow through collective forces between Ancelotti, between some of the media, including me, to try to jinx this Asensio thing subconsciously before this game where we talked about how he's not happy and that Ancelotti had those comments before the game and was when he was asked about this and he was saying look i'm i'm glad he's not happy i'm glad if any player is not happy it means they have ambition um the story arc from that to scoring a hat trick is um is fascinating because i don't think anybody saw that coming now uh i'm curious to know how real you think this is how much do we take points away for it being mallorca and them being terrible um but again i don't want to take credit away from asensio I thought there was a certain confidence to his touches. Like if you look at his second goal, I think it was the way he took the ball in his path and the touches he took in the lead up to that goal was reminiscent of Asensio of old. Um, the, 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 the goal that gave him the hat trick, the one where he curled it around like two defenders from outside the box, beautiful shot. That was a slingshot and it was accurate. Um, so my question to you is how real is this and how... How, much, how excited should we be about it? Or should we, we just, is it too soon? Yeah, it's hard to really decipher that or measure that. I think I think you got to look at the facts from this game. One, he had five shots. All five shots were on target. Like, I think he he was, and he he honestly could have scored his hat trick earlier. If you remember that opportunity in, in the first half where uh, both uh Vinny is actually on the right side. He lofts the ball to Benzema. Benzema heads it back across goal, and there's Asensio arriving in the box and just in time the Mallorca defenders come in to block it. But that would have been his third right there. He would have had it within like 10 minutes of scoring the other the other two. So there was there was certainly something about him in this game. I, I think you're right. His confidence was on. There was a chip on his shoulder. Like he had a point to prove. And I think we need more of that from Asensio. We, that's what we've been calling out for. It's... It's never really been his his talent or his quality that's been questioned. It's been his personality, his attitude. Like, can he take that next step? We've we've seen him bring it in moments, but can he take that next step and deliver consistently? And the jury's still out on that. Obviously, Mallorca is a special club for him as well. It's a, it's where he grew up. It's a club where he was formed. And so I'm sure there was that emotional attachment there that maybe I think you can say it's fair to say that sometimes influences player performances. And so now it's up to Marco Asensio to continue to deliver this, deliver it from the bench as well. Like make your make your impact from the bench because you're not going to start every game. And when you do get your chances, you got to grab hold of it. So this is encouraging for sure. Like this is 
especially after all the reports came out earlier this week that he was unhappy. Like this is the right way to respond, respond on the field. And um, I just think it's funny too, because I posted that article on Managing Madrid about um, that came out from El Aguero about his environment saying they weren't happy. They were surprised. Um, they expected a bigger role under Ancelotti. And then a lot of people quote tweeted that saying like, Oh, get out of here. Like you're not, you're not uh real Madrid quality. Like, what do you, who do you think you are? And it's funny, like, be careful. Like we can't write players off too, too quickly. Uh, he, it's certainly just one game. It's one game against Mallorca, but um this it would be nice to see this be a turnaround story for Marco Asensio, but we need we need a bigger sample size. Um, I, you know I like the shot generating from him, like you said, five shots. I mean, it's hard. Like, look, the stats in this game are a lot of. There's just a lot of runaway stats for a lot of these players. I don't think these this will be certainly inflated. Um, Asensio five shots, Benzema four shots, Vinicius four shots. Man, the, what this game was missing was a Vinicius goal after that performance, the dribbling show he put on. Um, so they're just like, and again, like we can go through the standard stuff too. Three goals for Asensio, two goals, two assists for Benzema, and assists for for Vinicius. Um, I will say, like, even despite all that, I did feel like there was we weren't even in full gear. If that, if I don't know if that's weird to say, I feel like there was a little bit of us that still were just kind of like, this is this is just really easy. We're we're kind of picking our spots. We're getting to them. We're 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 a lot better than Mallorca in this game. I feel like there was even another gear they could have gone to. They didn't really need to go to, but uh, so I, again, just to contextualize this game, this was a game with a lot of open space where. Uh, Mallorca had a lot of defensive mistakes and in a lot of cases no defense at all to even have any mistakes there was just literally no one there um, and again I think we we all Real Madrid all played really well basically everyone I, I can I'm going to nitpick some defensive issues soon but offensively uh, you know this is this was a really good performance um, I do think it's important to talk about the offense in general whether we think you know how, however much we want to criticize um the team uh Mallorca's performance tonight it cannot be underemphasized how much better this team has been offensively and the numbers speak for themselves you can take your pick of all the stats that are flying around twitter but one thing that continues to remain true is that Real Madrid uh they have the best offense in the league right now they are also outperforming their xg i i, I don't even think we have the updated numbers after tonight's game because we're recording this literally after the final whistle but before this game they were outperforming their xg by almost six goals and that's probably going to be even more so now so this is exactly what we've needed we've needed elite finishers to exceed the xg because our xg was pretty good generally speaking in terms of like where it ranked in top of the league but we just weren't able to score those goals to 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 kind of level it, right? This is exactly what we want. Mallorca being bad or not, um, we are right now the best offense in the league, and that is a massive sign because I actually, while I don't know if it's sustainable to score at this clip, and I'm sure like, you know, Benzema might go through a cooling period at some point, uh, and Vinicius will have his ups and downs, but I do feel like there's more of a sustainability to this than, than anything I saw last season. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's a very valid point. And I think in fairness to Ancelotti, like we've been calling out this Mallorca team as a B team and uh, makeshift, but 
think back to some of the games we had last season. We played Shakhtar's like C team with teenagers. They had to pull from the youth ranks and got destroyed by them in the De Stefano. Uh, we lost to who was it? Alcoyano in the Copa del Rey. I don't, I don't think we did. We even score a goal in that game. Like these are Cadiz. We were stalemate in uh, La Liga. Like that. These are or we lost. I mean, and we didn't score. So those are games from last season that we were ripping our hair out and it's nice. Like that's why it, it's funny to joke with him. Cause he's, he's like, it's crazy how much this team's flipped, but I think it's, it's kind of refreshing. It's really nice to see us score goals, to have these more fun, entertaining, offensive games. Like we're exceeding our XG. Benzema is unstoppable right now. It's hard to believe he could go up another gear from the past two seasons, but he has, um, and it, I think the big question now is like, is this an early season uh, honeymoon period or can we sustain this over the course of the season? Maybe a few blips here and there, but can we be pretty consistent and sustain this over the long term? That's that's my next question. We'll see. A key to sustaining it will be games like this where you have rest for Modric, rest for Casemiro um, and you know, you have Asensio starting, you have, you get minutes from Jovic and Kamavinga starts. I think Kamavinga, like, look, it's, we, we talked about how quickly he worked his way into the team, not only into the rotation, but actually just flowing in the game and looking like he's been here for five years. Uh, all that's very encouraging, right? And so, like, in a way, I'm not surprised, but I am a little bit surprised that he's already, like, such a surefire, guaranteed, um, reliable presence in midfield. And you can just throw him in as a starter, no problem. I, I suppose I'm a little bit surprised at how accelerated the process has been. So this this is key, right? If you're going to get performances like this with the depth you have, and the depth is pretty good, and by the way, Eden Hazard did not play today. Um, you know, it's it's looking looking pretty good, and I'm I'm curious to see what Antelope says about Hazard, um, and I'll try to find the post game quotes as they come in while we're recording. But um, I'd be curious to know what what happened there, but. Um, well, and just quickly there, you talked about, um, uh, again, Kamavinga, but I think it's interesting to note the the impact of Kamavinga, Alaba, and even I think you could argue Miguel Gutierrez almost as like three new signings and just the freshness they've brought to this team. And I, I feel like we've desperately been in need of that, just some fresh blood, some new faces, um, just to shake things up a bit and add a little different variation to the squad and they've done a nice job of that and have integrated really really quickly like i think that's been my biggest surprise is uh, just how quickly alaba's turned into this leader of the back line barking orders and really just stepping in right away and then kamavinga we've already we've already mentioned so um definitely definitely great to see that and i think miguel in this game too i thought miguel was was good he had some besides there was that first moment of the game where kubo like took that excellent touch against him burned him and actually i thought kubo should have scored that like that's that's the difference for kubo from just being this young exciting player to being kind of making that next step and he needs to finish that but uh aside from that like i thought miguel was really good i thought his deliveries into the box are just oof, those, those he he puts in some dimes and there was that one to benzema I think it just skimmed one of the Mallorca center backs heads. And that's the only reason, only reason 
and it missed him, but it was an inch perfect cross and he does that so well. And um, as the game wore on, I thought he pressed better and I thought he did better defensively. And so um, another, another an, it, good to see him get another game under his belt, especially at the Santiago Bernabeu. Like, I think that that's encouraging stuff. Yeah. In that, in that defensive sequence he had where he let Kubo sneak behind him, he had another one like that in the second half in the 61st minute. I can't remember who was on the field at that time because Kubo was off, but um, that's something else like that he and Regulon actually both have struggled with this season. But I will, I want to, I will say mostly good with Miguel. Um, you're right about his passing. Uh, I think in particular, like his just vertical passing, his progressive passing. His just he can do one touch passes into the box to to players like Vinicius or Rodrigo, whoever's going to be in that half space beside him. Um, and he's very positive with the ball at his feet, looking vertical, and then. As soon as he passes it, he sprints into a vertical position as well. Um, his crossing is very good, too. He's a good crosser of the ball. And we had a couple couple dimes today. Um, one thing that we should mention when we, we were speaking about Asensio was that he played in center midfield today. And it I feel like it. most people know that. We all know that because we saw the lineup. But there's... A, there's part of me that feels like it may have actually gotten lost in the game like this because it he was so far up the field and Mallorca weren't defending at all that it just felt like he was one of the front three when he wasn't. Um, and I did see a couple Di Maria takes, uh, Asensio Di Maria takes after this game. And I just want to, like, I really think we need to be careful with that. Rodrigo was very fluid in this game, in his positioning, and he... He played well. Actually, I actually really liked his defensive positioning too, Rodrigo, in this game. I really liked his Rodrigo performance. Um, I think with that dynamic attack and Asensio having to make sure that he secures that right side, I don't think this, you're going to be able to rely on that in a game against like almost any other team who just knows how to punish you on that side. So that's my word of caution to Real Madrid fans who might... Who are looking for him to be the next Di Maria uh, because the defensive drop off from either Modric or Fede to or Kamavinga to to Asensio in a game that actually is going to be consequential is I think is going to be quite stark quite uh, quite what's the word I'm looking for quite steep it's a steep drop off right yeah yeah big contrast I think. Uh... Yeah, what made Di Maria so good in that midfield when he was transformed by Ancelotti was his motor, his engine, his ability to do the two-way work. And that's not really something that uh, Asensio, I mean, it's been well documented that Asensio struggles to to track back and cover runners. And um, I, I'm trying to think back to this game. Can you remember a single moment where he had like a defensive intervention? I, I, I can't really remember a defensive sequence from him in this in this match. He he more exploited just kind of the space in between the lines, the half space, and made those late arriving runs. I think he did a tremendous job with that. Um, and I, I thought he pressed pretty well. Like, I, I'll give him that. But other than that, like, yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of, again, this is a small sample size. Like, it's hard to really extrapolate out how this would look in a bigger game with stronger opponents, with a more disciplined team, with an actual defensive midfielder or two. Um, and so this, it's 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 hard to draw real conclusions from that. And I mean, to be fair, I, if if he did defensive interventions or whatever, I may have missed it because, again, I I wasn't taking prolific notes in this game um, because of the nature of the game. But 
I will say, like, even if you see the, the goal-scoring positions he found himself in, whether it's the one that was blocked by Valiant in the six-yard box or the goal he scored where the ball fortuitously just bounces towards him from that Vinicius or Rodrigo square pass, I can't remember. Uh, I think it was Vinicius where he, where he... No, Vinicius dribbles inside. He makes that incisive through ball to Rodrigo. And then it was Rodrigo's square pass, which was dealt horribly by the goalkeeper. That found Asensio. Those positions he, he's finding himself in, he's not going to be able to do that from a central midfielder role in, in most games. Um, so He almost scored it from a corner kick, too, if you remember. Hmm. It was, was it pulled a cruise? Was that Remember the one the, the where the goalkeeper corner? like almost puts it in the net, or is that yeah, a different one? Yeah, yeah. And Matthew Hoppe almost got in the way too, but like, yeah, it it almost went in. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about Vinicius actually before we move on to the defense. Shame that he Can didn't get a say, goal uh, in this game. Well, one thing on Rodrigo because you talked about Rodrigo. Yeah. And I just don't want to forget that. I thought he was really, really good in this game. Like, Agreed. I think it kind of goes under the radar because he didn't score or anything. But I think he was very good. I think uh, that one run he had, which the goal was ultimately disallowed to Benzema, that was that was really impressive. I mean, we haven't seen that kind of. It was a lot of power from Rodrigo, and not 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 only his speed and technical ability, but a lot of power in that run uh, and strength, and so. Um, and he, you mentioned kind of the, I don't think he got credited for an assist, but like the ricochet ball off the goalkeeper that Asensio scores, like comes from Rodrigo doing a couple jukes and faint in the box. And I thought he combined really well. He's been great to start the season. Honestly, he's been great. And I guess my question to you, Keon is, does he deserve to start on the right wing? Like, is this given how he's played so far and what we've seen from Hazard, what we've seen from Bale, like. Is, is Rodrigo really the one that should be starting with Benzema and Vinicius? I think he's our best right winger. I, I mean, it can be argued that a healthy Bale, who's at like at 100%, maybe. But I, but based on reality and um, based on form and based on the fact that, you know, Bale's rhythm in and out of the team is going to be very, very... Very hit or miss, unfortunately. Mostly miss. Uh, I think Rodrigo was the best right winger. Um, I think Asensio, you know, put a little bit of a case for himself. But let's be real. Rodrigo has been, over a long stretch, much better. And um, I all, like. And Carlo spoke. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of shuffling through post-game quotes from Carlo. And he talked about, like, Asensio is at his best when he's coming in from the right and he's cutting inside on his left foot. And you kind of saw in this third goal. But Rodrigo, the way his two-way presence is better. I mean, it's very subtle, but if you watch Rodrigo's defensive positioning, it's very good. I mean, he knows exactly the angles he's supposed to close off. He has the work rate for it. So defensively, very reliable. But I will, I will also say this about Rodrigo. Like, he... It's very hard to defend his movements off the ball. Um, you And you saw it with how fluid he was today. And like that... The run to set up Benzema on the disallowed goal was so perfect. I mean, the way the the way he just drove forward, he didn't let the defender catch up to him. He didn't have much space to work with. He created his own space, and he got that perfect ball into Benzema. And you know, that's the stuff we've been crying out for from from our wingers, right? From from Hazard, from Bale, and that's the stuff he's providing us with. So I I think I think the answer is yes. And that 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 answer might change, you know, a few times. 
by the end of the season, but that's that's okay. I mean, that, that just means there's competition. Yeah, I think maybe he gets overshadowed by just because Vinicius is playing so well, but I think he deserves uh, a shout-out for it because he's been very good to start the season, even in preseason. If we think back, like he was one of Ancelotti's go-to guys in preseason. So, yeah, um, you can let's, let's hear your thoughts on Vinicius because you were going in that direction. I just don't – I don't know what else to say. I mean – some of the stuff from him today was just pure filth whether it was a filthy nutmeg and unfortunately shooting over the bar or that Maradona-esque run where like five Mallorca players are chasing him down the flank and he just going past all of them and then he still holds possession um, whether it was his is cut inside and threw ball to Rodrigo in the box that led to Asensio's uh, led to the 2-0 um, he had the direct assist to Benzema, right? I think it was on the sixth goal as well. Yep. It. I mean, it's a shame he didn't or score. Or no, to Isco, to Isco, I think. To Isco. It's a shame he didn't score, but, uh, I mean, it was just a brilliant performance. That he just looks unstoppable right now with the ball at his feet. Yeah, the one opportunity that I thought, like, oh, my God, you had to score was right at the start of the second half. If you remember, 47th minute, he misses that huge chance he... Uh, gets played through versus 1v1 with the outside back. He cuts inside, beats the outside back, and he's through 1v1 with Reyna. And he just completely, he shoots it like really soft, shoots it right at Reyna. Um, and he knew, he knew that he, he he screwed that one up. I think he was like laughing or smiling afterwards because he's just like, what else can you do? It, that one, you, you just, you messed up. But um, I did notice like, and I was kind of, clocking in on a lot of these goals like even Asensio's first goal where he gets played through um only two touches only two touches when he before he took the shot same thing with Benzema's goal like every time these guys are getting into the box they're taking two or less touches it's crazy when you start watching this how much you notice it and I thought today Vinicius maybe took a little too much was taking too many touches on the ball when he got inside the box uh, and I think that there were a couple opportunities where he should have just shot earlier rather than holding on to it. Um, so I, I, I'm sure, I, I'm, I mean, at this point, given the fact that he's creating all these opportunities, I think he'll still continue on his his good trajectory for this season and continue scoring goals. May not be quite at the rate he's been scoring them at, but I think I think we can confidently say he'll hit 10 goals this year at least like i i feel comfortable saying that oh i i think he he might even hit that by christmas um i i think he can definitely get there um the xg just came out do you want to take a guess at what our xg was at Ooh, um i'm gonna go is it lower or higher than i would think i think it's gonna be slightly lower Okay, I'll say like 3.6. 2.3. What? Wow. Yeah. So with that, we are now... Yeah, I guess, yeah. We are now at 21 goals in the season after six games. That's 10 more goals than the second best offense in the league. And we've outperformed our XG by nine goals this season. Now it's time to sustain that. That's that's the trick, okay. to sustain it. This is like... We we saw the the Spurs season last season where Kane and Son were outperforming their XG yeah. by like three million and they were top of the league and then they, it just fell off a cliff. This is probably not that because it's just way different context. But 
Um, we just got to sustain it. And again, the sustainability probably comes from people pitching in rest in between and keeping fresh legs. Uh, but this is exactly what we've been missing since 2018. We've never had this luxury of our outperforming XG like this since Ronaldo left. This is the first time. So um, that that's encouraging. Um, let's talk about defense. Um, one of the themes of this season is the are these defensive gambles. Nacho has taken it to another level this season. I found he's taking a lot of gambles, and I and I feel like a lot of this must be by by design. And I think this is there's a certain yeah. aggressiveness that Carlo wants to play that high line with for some reason. But you know you've seen it come to its it has its pros. Like you saw Militao step up in the second half, which actually led to one of the goals. But ironically, his step up his gamble also led to the Kangen League goal. Um, Alaba had a couple this game, which led, uh, which led actually Kanye and Lee behind him in a really good shooting position. Nacho had a couple. That's apart from the press. That's the next thing that worries me is that high line and our aggressiveness on that high line. What do you think? I think Carlo is definitely it's definitely by design, or it's something that Carlo is instructing them to do. I think he really wants that back line to be aggressive, to be high, to be pushing up. He feels they're fast enough to cover him behind if they if they do mess up. I think the big thing, like, fine, Alaba, you can step out. Nacho, you can step out. But the most important thing, if they do take those risks, is the remaining defenders, and usually it's at least three behind there, even if it's Casemiro who fills in behind rather than a fullback, those three need to converge. They need to converge and be tight together and be central. You can, you can allow the opposition to go on the wings, like they're less dangerous over on the wings. But you can't allow them to be able to play through that massive hole that if Alaba steps out or Militao steps out, you can't allow them to play through that massive hole in the middle. You have to close that down as quickly as possible. And it's much easier said than done when these things are happening in mere seconds. Like it's it's hard to react that quickly. But the defense has to be drilled in doing that. And you have to converge. You have to be tight. You have to be a unit. And I think that's where we struggled more so than like taking these gambles fine if Ancelotti wants them to do that fine let's do that but then we have to make sure that we're we're the old saying pressure cover balance pressure cover balance so we, you got to have that cover and that balance yeah um now I don't I don't know what we've seen we've seen us play against better opponents than Mallorca this season and we've had similar defensive issues and we've still been able to come out on top so Here's to hoping that the offense sustains itself and the defense improves, our press improves, and that high line improves. Um, I do worry. I'll say this. I yeah. do worry about um, – because even when – and I'll have to look up the, the sub's name, the sub that came in for Matthew Hoppe, the striker. Um, I think it was uh, Anton – was Antonio it Abdon Sanchez? Pratt's? Yeah. Ab no, I think oh, it was Abdon, Abdon Pratt's. Pratt's. Okay. Um, and he uh, he was a little bit of a kind of a, a bigger target man or a little bit more muscular, I, I guess you would say. And I think like I worry about maybe think about a Lukaku or a Holland like going up against Alaba. I feel like that's where he sometimes he's not going to be as imposing as a Sergio Ramos. And I, I feel like when he tries to get into those physical battles, he he puts his like all his effort into it, but he doesn't. He's just not quite as convincing as someone like Sergio Ramos. And so that's where I get worried. Like, if we come up against a physical specimen like those two guys, it might be a tough day at the office for, for Alaba. Also, just need Mendy back. That'd be huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's and, a good point. 
that, that that will change a lot of things but um he's due back next week so let's see um do you want to take a couple questions or is, are there things that are pressing that we haven't hit yet um yeah let, let's take some questions and then i'm sure we'll we can we'll go back, back through the notes if yeah anything okay um so patreon.com slash if you want guaranteed responses to your questions uh and also this is what you've missed on patreon last week so we did inter post game show for our patrons on zoom that was a ton of fun uh and then obviously the tuesday loan trackers where we track every loan need that real madrid has every tuesday uh thursday mailbags with lucas and i um and la- i think last week it was om and i who did it om and i might do it again tomorrow as well because uh, i'll be traveling i don't think my schedule will line up with lucas anyway point being all that over on patreon.com slash managing madrid and more 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 than that more than did what you i see, just uh, said did you see brahim scored again today did he yeah he scored again fantastic Lone Tracker really went from slim pickings early on to now we have a bun- bunch of things to cover, right? With old Rizzola yeah. and that going, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, we got we got a lot to cover on the Lone Tracker. So make sure you have access to that. Patreon.com slash Managing Madrid. Sad Omar says, fun fact, Karim means generous in Arabic. He has certainly been generous with his goals. Also, Karim has as many goals as FC Barcelona this season. Do you think... Or sorry, it's a typo there. How does Carlo Ancelotti resuscitate players like Isco and Asensio to come out of nowhere and just become amazing? Why is he so damn good? Um, that's the question. So Carlo's ability to resuscitate slash reinvigorate. What do you think? Is there a secret to this? Well, just first on Kareem, I think I know you brought up his two goals, two assists. He also had five key passes in this game. I mean, that. I know you. We mentioned like stats may be inflated, but still, like this guy is an absolute monster. And on that third goal, the fact I, I felt like he knew he might be coming out since Lugajovic was right on the sidelines about to come in, and so he makes that run, and the ball comes off the back of like right almost the back of his head. It comes off his back. He still controls it. He angles his body enough to be able to get the shot off. The shot literally has two defenders in front of it and the goalie. And it somehow still goes in. Like when it's he's he's just a wizard right now. Like the guy is unstoppable, and I'm loving every minute of it. So I love that stat about Barcelona too. That's great. But in terms of uh, Ancelotti and resuscitating players, I just think it's more. Maybe it's not so much Ancelotti, but it is just like a change in coach and a fresh face and a new opportunity to try and prove yourself. Um, and I think that could be could be part of it. Um, I think it's still kind of early days, so we have to see if this sustains, as we've mentioned, because who knows, maybe Isco falls off the wagon, maybe Asensio falls back off. Um, but I think for the most part, like, yeah, I, I think it's also this Ancelotti's preference to hedge on playing more attacking football than being more conservative like Zidane was. And... Uh, when you're scoring more goals, that breeds confidence. And so that confidence is kind of reinvigorating a lot of guys and, and getting them going again. So I think it's it's a little bit of all those factors. Um, you also mentioned in passing, just you didn't really highlight his performance, but you kind of just mentioned him, Jovic. Really, this would have been the perfect game if Jovic scored. I don't... This is like I want him to score so badly. I know. It's I feel so. We've bad been for him. waiting for these floodgates to open for ever since he signed from Frankfurt, and 
it just watching him today reminded me of like this oh yeah this is Jovic he gets in these great goal scoring positions and, and the effort is there the effort to to do the right thing is there he had a really nice volley um he had one that hit the crossbar I think that was considered a foul he did, it just doesn't go on the back of the net for him I, I I am happy though Ancelotti after the game today went out of his way to talk about how important he was against Valencia last game uh, I know you were vocal about that on Twitter. Om and I also talked about his importance in that game, just dragging defenders around with his off-ball run. So, good, nice to see some recognition there for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just my personal bias, but I really like Jovic, having watched him at Frankfurt as a loney again uh, last season. And, like, I've just... Even we we've done we've always documented his off ball movement and everything like that. Like we've we've made a point of calling that out and how he he does that at a very high level. And I just I really like him. I want him to do well. I want him to succeed here. And so um, I feel like the fan side of me really comes out when he comes on the field because I'm just like rooting for him so hard. I want him to do well. Yeah, we we've been waiting for that ketchup bottle <laughs> to pop for a long time. So. Uh... Uh, it's 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 got to come at some point, right? Like if there's any season that's going to happen, it's going to be this this season with Ancelotti and just he, he, make it happen, Carlo. Make it happen. Um, Gary Sherman says, "Hey, Keon, thanks for all the great content. Not a question for any podcast, but we're going to take it anyway." Uh, Gary says, "How do I get the free RSS podcast and Patreon podcast in the same app?" I remember you saying this on a previous podcast, but cannot remember which one. Any help will be appreciated. So I want to address this publicly because this is a question that comes up every so often um, and people just get confused. There are people who will like unsubscribe from Patreon or get mad at us who don't aren't subscribed to Patreon thinking we don't actually cover every single game and we're not putting out a, uh, as much content as you think. We put out sometimes five episodes a week. We do minimum f- uh, three. So we do weekend game for free and then we do loan tracker tuesday mailbag thursday we do a post game show for the midweek games that's the fourth one and sometimes more because well usually more because we have las blancas we have castilla corner that pops up so we're, we're talking about five shows a week if you need to figure out how to listen to all of them without worrying about missing shows subscribe you can't subscribe to them on one single rss feed and get them all in one place unfortunately the reason for that is the legal issue uh, our employer, Vox Media, doesn't allow us to post um, the free episodes. Sorry, I muted my mic there by accident. The, they don't allow us to upload the free episodes on the patron RSS feed because um, they need to put ads on that on that podcast and, and they can't have some people on Patreon not getting those ones. So you can subscribe on spotify i uh on apple just by searching management on your podcast app and if you want the page if you're a patron which you should be by now and you want access to those ones you can also there's every single patron has a unique custom rss link they can copy and paste in their app and that's on the right hand side of your on your on your patreon page if you go to patreon.com managing madrid on the right hand side you'll find your unique rss feed to copy and paste into your rss feed that way at least you all get them on your podcast app there are two different feeds but you'll still get them notified in one in one app and that's the best way to do it any questions just dm us scary um yeah so did you so after those the discussion on Jovic Isco Asensio is there anything that you wanted to discuss before we before we wrap it here Matt uh the only other and I know we're a little crunched for time so the only other two I want to mention that we maybe didn't talk about was um Fede Valverde I liked him on the left side of a midfield three I think Mm. he's more 
Yeah, I think he takes that. a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think he takes a little bit more risk with his passing playing there, um, which I like. I feel like sometimes playing on that right mid role or that right central midfield role, he's a little conservative or safe. Uh, in this role today, I thought he he was more vertical, took some risks, like um, really he, he, always his ability to progress us up the pitch with those long legs is just incredible. Um, and then Eder Militao, I also thought, was pretty good tonight, a, a good showing. And I thought his ability, his just aerial dominance, like he was winning header after header. Um, and that was, that was huge, especially at the start of the game. Like he made a couple statements by just winning the ball, stepping up really big and winning the ball um, out of the air. And so I thought he had a good game. Uh, I think it's awesome that you brought up Fede and I'm writing about him in an upcoming column. I rewatched a couple of the last games and just kind of watched him. I don't know if it's because there's big, juicier stories like Kamavinga signing or, you know, against Valencia, we talked a lot about uh, Casemiro's struggles on the ball. We're talking about Benzema and Vinicius' form up front. The other overarching storylines, uh, and Fede's just kind of going under the radar, but he's under the radar having a really good season. Um, I, I think, and I was looking at his numbers too, like we, we think of Fede as a ball carrier and he's not I mean before this game this was true and it probably is after this game as well but um he is number one in the entire league and progressive carries into the final third um and he's just so subtle at, at doing so many little things for the team that uh, I think it's super impressive well and you know what else this is the first I think I'll have to double check but I think it's the first time in his career and this is partly down to injuries but it's the first time in his career, if you count the international break as well, that he started and played 10 games in a row. Wow. And so that is like, this is huge for him. And this is the continuity that we've kind of been asking for these young players to get. And he's finally had that opportunity. And so um, I think he's reaping the rewards of that. Glad you brought up Fede. 100% agree with you. Um, all right. Last call. Last chance. Anything else? <laughs> That's uh, that's all I got. I think the second half was a little more subdued and like didn't really take as many notes just because it was it was pretty clear we were we were gonna run away with it. Oh, we should mention, I guess. Um, you were talking about subs and like there's so many things that happen. Um, Sergio Santos put in a couple of nice crosses. Uh, Antonio Blanco had you know came on this game and probably is most noteworthy. Again, forgive me if I miss anything more more noteworthy because the end of the game was kind of a blur to me. Um, maybe made the wrong decision, try to pass it to Vinicius on a break instead of Benzema. Um, but well, well, I just I'll, want to add yeah, on Antonio Blanco. I think mm -hmm. he, uh, what I like about him is like he always pass, and this is small stuff that you may not notice, but he always passes to like the forward foot and the stronger foot to put hit the receiver in a better position when they get the ball. And I think like he, he's just. I've been really impressed with it. Just, just that, like his ability to pass, his quick passes, and I think he does a really nice job of looking like looking the part in that role. Because sometimes kids can look overawed, especially after coming on for Kamavinga. But he just plays his game, and he and he trusts his game. Um, just Isco was being one of the subs. You remarked off air that you couldn't believe he had five completed dribbles. Like, where did that come from? I imagine maybe like two or three of them are just from that one crazy dribbling sequence he had, the roulette. Um, nice to see him in a mood. I mean, he's most of his minutes have been pretty good this season. So, um, again, this is like Ancelotti has a lot of depth to choose from. I, 
he's this is a amazing job I mean, it's tough to to juggle all this right the man management required to keep everybody happy and on their toes and be able to provide us with minutes like this is is quite a feat so uh, we're gonna wrap it up here matt look forward to seeing you our next podcast well uh there will be a mailbag tomorrow on patreon.com management but after that live in la on saturday night uh, Matt and I will be there, Sid will be there, Ryan O'Hanlon will be there, Christian Paredes will be there, Rajpal Brar will be there, um, and a lot of nice, fun, hardcore modern pieces in attendance and people you're going to love connecting with. So look forward to seeing you guys all on Saturday in LA at 33 Taps in Silver Lake. Matt, this was fun. Thank you for joining me and see you this weekend. Take care. See you this weekend.